Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for taking some time out to spend with me today. We're in season two, and this is episode 14, and this is the final episode of season two. Uh, So I thank you for your support this season and also uh, in season one. Uh, But this has been a a wonderful journey. This year has (laughs) certainly had ups and downs, but this is definitely one of the positives uh, for me for this year is to be able to record this podcast. I do have some, some big news that after this season is concluded, in January of 2021, Lord willing, uh, this podcast will be merging with other podcasts on the Scattered Abroad Network. And we get the name Scattered Abroad from Acts 8 and verse 4. They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. And that is our goal. That's uh, our intention. And so I'm excited uh, that Weathering the Storm will be joining uh, that effort and looking forward to uh, looking forward to that. But we do want to conclude uh, season two of Weathering the Storm and this entire season, I've had guests with me each week, and I have a guest with me today. And we have Brother Jack Birch with us today. Brother Jack is one of my elders here at the Equipment Church of Christ, and so very thankful uh, that Brother Jack's with us today. And at this time, I'm going to turn things over to him and let him introduce himself. Uh, my name is Jack Birch. I um, have been a member of the Church of Christ since for over 50 years. Um, became a Christian at 15. I uh, was teaching Bible classes at 16, preached my first sermon at 17, and um, since that time I've been, I've been to pharmacy school and finished and practiced pharmacy since 1973, so I'm an old man, <laughs> but at the same time uh, I've tried to maintain my spiritual growth and have served as an elder in the Carswell Church of Christ for 20 plus years and then moved to Quitman our developed equipment area and have attended the Equipment Church of Christ for the last six years and have served as an elder here for four years. So um, looking forward to this. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for being with me. And it's always a joy to have the elders and the deacons to, to work together. And so thankful that uh, you're with me today. And for those listening back home in North Georgia, we got two North Georgia guys here. So That's right. Mentioned the Cartersville, and, and everybody from back home knows that congregation well, the great work going on there. But very thankful that we have this time to study the Bible together. If you have your Bibles at home and you're in a place where you can open to it, we invite you to Proverbs chapter 3 as we're going to examine verses 5 and 6. And our topic today is weathering the storm by trusting. And I believe this, this topic is, is relevant, it's fitting, and it kind of uh, sums up everything we've talked about this season, about when the storms of life come our way, where do we turn, what do we do, and ultimately this is the answer. Put your trust uh, and your faith in God. So I'd like to begin by reading this text, and then we're going to break it down together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And he shall direct your paths. Brother Jack, what is the, the word trust here? It's the first word in this text. What does that word mean and what does it mean to you? Fundamental meaning of the word is to rely upon, to put confidence in. Uh, James Smith in the book that he wrote called The Wisdom, Literature, and Psalms makes this comment about the passage. He says the teacher, talking about the teacher of Proverbs, calls upon his disciple to trust Yahweh. Uh, to set one's hope, one's confidence in him. And his trust in God should be with all his heart complete. 
And the tendency is to follow uh, among most people, even in that day and time, certainly in this day and time, the tendency is to follow divine guidance only when it agrees with the human logic or our human pleasures mm. and desires. Uh, so the believer must learn not just to lean upon, to find support in God, but also in his understanding of God. Mm. So all of this goes together. Uh, our understanding of life many times is very fallible. It's wavering, and certainly it's uncertain. Otherwise, you wouldn't be having this Weathering the Storm <laughs> podcast. That's right, yeah. Um, there's no support there. A major part of our spiritual growth is simply learning to trust God in these difficult times. That's right. uh, as one thing you have to keep in mind is what he's saying here, as in other passages of Scripture, is that it's just as important to trust God as it is to obey God. That's right. Both of those are important. When we disobey God, we defy his authority. We despise his holiness. But when we don't trust God, we doubt his sovereignty and we question his goodness. That's right. Uh, In both of those cases, we sort of question God's character. And yet, at the same time, sometimes it seems it's more difficult to trust God than it is to obey God. Mm. Uh, sometimes we, we hear the directions that God gives us and the commandments, the statutes, and all the things that are written in the Word of God, and, and we, we do that. Mm-hmm. But when the difficult times come, it may be the person who seems to obey God all the time has the most difficulty. Mm. Well, why is that? Because his trust in God has not been formed correctly. Mm. As we go through the lesson, I think we'll see more of this. But in order to trust God, we must always view our circumstances, especially adverse circumstances, through the eyes of faith. Mm, that's right. Uh, and just as the faith of salvation comes through hearing the message of the gospel, mm-hmm. the faith to trust God in our adversities and our storms comes through the word of God alone. That's right. That's the, why it is so essential to know the word of God. It's going to take us through these difficult times. Someone has said that there's three essential truths about God and that we must believe these things in order to trust him. Number one, God is completely sovereign. He rules. Number two, God is infinite in wisdom. And number three, God is perfect in love. Mm. Now, you can restate that in a lot of different ways. And I read another writer who said that... uh, is expressed this way, God in his love always wills what is best for us. Mm, In his wisdom, he always knows what is best. And in his sovereignty, he has the power to bring it about. Wow, that's powerful. It is. And it's something not only can you preach, but if you live by that, and know that in your heart, you can trust God. Absolutely. And that's, that's the God of the Bible. That's right. That's the God that we're serving. And, and that really kind of transitions us to the next point. It's not just that we are to trust, to have this firm belief in, in truth or depending on, but it says to trust in the Lord. And so as we think about that phrase, I wanted us to kind of think about maybe some biblical examples of those who trusted in God. And there's a ton of them, <laughs> but uh, maybe a few that we can mention together. Which ones come to mind? Well, one that comes to my mind right off the top of the head is Job. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Job, there were some flaws in his thinking and mm-hmm. his reasoning. Yeah. But in Job 13, verse 15, he says, Though he slay me, yet yeah, will right. I trust him. Yeah. And Job was determined to trust God even if he didn't understand the storms in his life. Wow, yeah. And That's so right. should we. Right. We may we may never understand some things that happen in our lives, but if we trust God, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Amen. That's right. So, uh, Job also said, um, he said, "Look in Job twenty three, I go forward, but he's not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand." I cannot see him, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. And that's why Job, through all of those circumstances and all of that great discussion and the writing we have about Job, he says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. We have to have that conviction. That's right. Trust that God will take care of us. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Absolutely. Also, Joseph. Uh, oh, yeah. In Genesis 39, Joseph had, I'm sure, plenty of opportunity to sin in his life, but he yeah. always ran from sin. He did. That's right. Uh, he trusted the Lord. As a consequence, in Genesis 39, it says, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Not just, I'm not convinced I wouldn't just say favor in the sight for the keeper of the prison, right. it was favor in his life. Mm-hmm. And all the way to the end of his life, he served God For because sure. he trusted God. That's right. Paul is obviously. Oh, yeah. You, you can't leave Paul out. No. <laughs> uh, Paul always trusted God to deliver him. And 2 Corinthians is just full of passages where he talks about what God has done for him. Mm-hmm. Even though... Uh, he had issues and problems in his life, and there was constantly storms. Oh yeah, that are that just just battered his life. That's right. Uh, but in Second Corinthians chapter one and verse nine, he says, "We had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God." That's right. That's right. Who raises the dead? Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us? in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Paul says, see all these things I've been through? Mm-hmm. I still trust that God will deliver. That's right. Uh, that is so very powerful. And in 1 Timothy 6, what does he say there? He says, I command those who are rich in the present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living in God, the living God right. who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That's right. So Paul says, not just me, Paul says, you know what I want you to do? Mm-hmm. Always trust in God. That's right. uh, Paul could talk about being hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. That's right. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. All those things. And yet he would still encourage people to believe in God. Absolutely. In patience, in tribulation, in need, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults. In labors and sleepless and fastings, on and on and on you could go. Right. What, what more you could say about Paul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of the Lord Himself. Yeah. Uh, when you go back and look uh, in First Peter chapter two, uh, Peter says in verses twenty-one to twenty-three, "For to this you were called, 
because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, mm -hmm. who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Mm -hmm. And I believe you could say that that commitment there is the trust that he had that, in the Father to fulfill his promises. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see that throughout his life. No. What did he say in Matthew 26 and verse 39 there? When he fell on his face and he prayed and he said, What? My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's right. That is the attitude that he wants us to have today yeah. when it comes to adversity and storms in life, not as I will, but as God wills. Right. And that is difficult. Yeah. When we talked about it first, we said sometimes um, trust is more difficult than obedience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there are circumstances in our life that it's more difficult to trust God than it is to obey him. That's right. Uh, but we always need to keep that in front of us. Yes, sir. Jesus is the epitome of it. And you mentioned that trigger to thought, John 8, 29. He said, I do always the things that please the Father. Sure. So it was that, that concept that you mentioned about trusting and obeying. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult, but we have Jesus as that example. Talk about difficulty, I mean, even to the point of the cross, and yet he was obedient. He, he trusted, this is what the Father wants, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, so great examples, and it's that's what I love about the Bible. We have different examples. <laughs> well, you go about Hebrews eleven and those men of faith. Oh yeah. Uh, each one of those is an example of us of people who trusted in God. Absolutely. And yeah. you see the consequences there too as well. That's right. And, and the the prequel, I guess, or the, the statement by faith, they acted, and you have that same formula. And that's that's what it means to trust God. You hear what He says, you believe it, and you do it. Faith is more than just mere belief. That's right. Not a mental ascent. Is it a mental ascent? Yes, but it's much yeah. more than that. That's right. And it involves the will. It involves belief. And it involves a trust and obedience. Absolutely. All of those are involved. That's right. They sure are. And, and you, you mentioned Hebrews 11, and we probably could have just gone to that chapter and walked through each one. But, uh, but I, I thought about Noah. Genesis chapter 6, I mean, talk about trust. Yes. Here's absolutely. a flood coming, never seen absolutely. rain before. <laughs> you know, uh, He's an example. Abraham, go into a land that I'm going to show you. Abraham never seen it before. That's he right. had to have you know a great deal of trust. And then I think about David, 1 Samuel 17, to go into battle like that against the champion, the Philistines, and all he had was a sling and some smoke stones. He went with the trust of God. So... All the examples that we've talked about, and there's so many more, but well, these examples teach us the same thing, is that it, it, trust is not in ourselves, not in our certain riches, it's in the Lord. That's right. And so as we continue going through this text, we've noticed that we are to trust and what that means, uh, but also to trust in the Lord. But now I want to focus on the degree. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is the... Uh, the meaning of that phrase, and, and I guess, how, how can we explain that to our listeners? That, uh, it's interesting that when, when I was reading one writer, and he tried to sum up these two verses, and he says, to trust in the Lord means to trust in the Lord entirely, to trust in the Lord exclusively, mm -hmm. 
and to trust in the Lord extensively. That'll preach. That <laughs> will preach. And so you come to this part and you're talking about to what degree will you trust God entirely? Uh, one writer said, God demands an undivided commitment. That's what he demands. And when you look at the life of Israel as a nation, too often they had a loyalty divided between the Lord and the false gods of the nations around them. Right, that's right. And we can be tempted today uh, to trust the wisdom of the world rather than the wisdom of God. Yeah, oh yeah. And the psalmist says in Psalm 119, I hate those who are double-minded. Mm-hmm. Okay, God is speaking. James pretty well says the same thing. Yeah, double-minded <laughs> man's unstable in all his ways. That's right. Jesus said in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. You have to make a choice. Yeah. And he taught the greatest commandment is what? In Mark 12 and verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. You wonder what all your heart means? That sums it up. Yes, it does. Uh, it's just hard to get beyond that. I, I encourage people to go back sometimes, and even though it may be difficult for you to do, read the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's, it's full of this phrase that with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the writer there is saying, uh, find him, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. All this is coming from Deuteronomy. Right. What does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul. Repetitive, isn't it? Yeah. Why? It's <laughs> a reason for it. That's exactly, because there's, you learn things by repetition. That's right. And Moses was telling these people, here's what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "If it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Um, he constantly says to love God with all your heart, to obey God with all your heart, to observe everything that God says with all your heart. And to turn to God even, if you won't turn, turn away from God. Deuteronomy 30 says, If you obey the voice of the Lord to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul, God's willing to forgive. That's right. God is willing to bring you back into his fold. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to turn with all of your heart and with all of your soul. So it means so very much more. Joshua said, uh, take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. To love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with your heart and with all your soul. Uh, On and on we could go. uh, The passage here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then you come down to uh, Jeremiah and Joel and Zephaniah, all the Old Testament <laughs> prophets. What do they do? They're encouraging people repeatedly to love God, to serve God, to obey God with all your heart right. and with all your soul. And Jesus says, with, not only with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. That's right. Wow. <laughs> you know, he, he just sort of piles it on even more. Yeah. Um, so... But then you come to Acts 8, verse 37, what Philip say? Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe with all your heart. With all your heart. Mm-hmm. 
you may, and he was baptized and yeah. he made that confession. That's right. What do we need today? Well, we got to believe with all of our heart and we've got to trust with all of our heart and then we've got to obey with right. all of our heart. That's right. Uh, David said uh, in Psalm 56, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Mm -hmm. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? In Psalm 16, he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is my, at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Yep. Uh, isn't that powerful? I love that. Yes, sir. And if, you can, if we can come to the recognition of that, mm -hmm. what does Psalm 23 mean? Mm. Yeah, that's right. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why, David? Because I trust him. That's right. Uh, Absolutely. And one writer wrote, and I read this in a commentary last night, always talking about trust it is initiated by an act of will on our part. Hmm. We set ourselves to believe in the overruling goodness, providence, and sovereignty of God and refuse to turn aside no matter what may come. No matter how we feel, we choose to trust God. It's more than a matter of knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of choosing. Yeah. We have the will to choose, then we choose. And uh, it's not a passive state of mind. Trust is not a passive thing. No. <laughs> it is a, as another writer said, it is a vigorous act of the soul by which we choose to lay hold on the promises of God mm -hmm. and to cling to them despite the adversity that at times come, seems, seems to overwhelm us. Right. Isn't that All true? Right. Yeah, it is. That's, that's a good commentary on Paul. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what we just read about him. Exactly. You look at his life and how much was piling upon his life. Yeah. Sometimes we think that we have difficult times and that we have so much that the weighs us down and we do. I'm not I'm not, you know, trying to minimize that or diminish that whatsoever. Right. We we have difficulties. We the COVID thing has been a, a real burden to great numbers of people. Yeah. Uh, even a deadly burden to some. Mm -hmm. But uh do we give up? No, we continue to trust in God. No matter the difficulties that have arisen out of that adversity, right. out of that storm, yeah. and that are still present in many cases, we still have to trust God right. that he will bring us through this. That's right. And that's, that's what it means, not only to trust in the Lord, but with all your heart. That's what that means. It's Absolutely. not a half-hearted thing. It's not a halfway. It's all the way 
uh, no matter what, and, and I believe you did a great job of explaining that, especially those thoughts in Deuteronomy, just bringing their hearts back to God. That's what it was all about. That's right. I mean, that's the whole picture of the Bible. <laughs> it's really bringing your heart to God and giving it to Him, and, and here's the conditions He wants you to meet, and you can do that. But He wants He wants all of you. Not just going through the motions or, or whatever the case may be, but truly trusting Him and doing it out of a great love for Him because of the great love He has for us. Uh, so thinking about this passage, so much that's here. Uh, we've already noticed in three sections, we're not even through the first <laughs> little phrase here, <laughs> trust in the Lord with all your heart. But then we come to this next phrase. I think it's very powerful and important, and I hope for our listeners, maybe this will be encouraging to you, lean not on your own understanding. What's the importance of that phrase? When Jeremiah said, as you in Jeremiah 10, that, Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. And Proverbs 14 says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Mm -hmm. That brings you to the second point. We started with three points just a moment ago. Trust God exclusively. Right. Uh, don't lean on your own understanding. Does that mean you can't understand? No, you can understand a great number of things. Right. But don't lean on your understanding. That's right. Lean on God's understanding. Mm -hmm. Trust Him exclusively. Uh, we tend to rely upon our inclinations, our desires. And it's not just us. It's been true throughout history. Right. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, what did they, why did they sin? Uh -huh. They depend upon the, their own desires. Yeah. They leaned upon the wrong desires. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of us, as Isaiah said, like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, his own way being the key there. Yeah. Uh, we make crucial life decisions all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, marriage, finances, vocation. And many times, probably most of us, most of the time, it's not based upon God's word it's based upon our feelings. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs tells us our feelings are not reliable. Uh, he says in Proverbs 28, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Yeah, that's right. A man may feel he'd be happier if he did X. A, man, a woman may feel that she's going to be happier if she does Y. But in their quest, and even in, in the church, um, and trying to grow today, many churches may be tempted to resort to some worldly methods that compromise some biblical principles. Yeah, good point. The wise man doesn't lean on his understanding. He trusts that God's way is the best way. That's right. And he has such a knowledge of God's word that he knows what that way is. That's right. Uh, Proverbs warns us that the fear of a man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. There you go. Uh, I can say the same thing of nations. Yeah, A no nation doubt. needs to trust in the Lord and they'll be exalted. Uh, we need that certainly in our country today. Yes, sir. Uh, we have to evaluate any counsel that we may get from anybody, any influence that may be upon our lives, whether it's friends or family members or worldly experts, we've got to evaluate that in light of the Word of God. That's right, absolutely. Uh, we got to have the courage to risk disapproval when those things disagree with what Scripture says. Yeah. Um, so our understanding 
we could understand things. Yeah. But always in light of what the scriptures say. That's right. That's right. Leaning not on your own understanding, I think, is it gets a lot of people in trouble, as you've mentioned. And you talk about we make big life decisions. And if we're going to be true to this passage, we need to make sure that we're seeking God's will and God's counsel through His Word before we make any of those decisions. And I believe that's the thrust of this, this passage. Uh, seeking Him first. Don't win on your own. I think this will be a great idea because you triggered a thought too. Talk about emotions. What's the problem with emotions? Well, they're up and down. Uh, you think about a baseball game, for example, some playoff games today. You get too high and, and you can miss it. And then you get too low. Uh, and, and so that's the same with the storms of life. We get high, we get low. Don't base it on your own emotions or how you're feeling at the moment because the trusting in the Lord, it's, it's always there. It's always reliable. He's our rock. Yeah, exactly. And so we trust God. He is the rock, the foundation. Yep. And the psalmist and David quite often refer to God as being the rock of their lives. Exactly. And uh, that's what we need in our lives is that one foundation that's not going to move. Exactly. Writer Stability. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You mentioned that from Psalm find? 16 too. Is I shall not be moved. That's we, that's what we need. But if we let our own understanding, we will be moved. <laughs> and we have to determine that. Yeah. And we have to will it. That's and right. And then we have to press forward with it. Absolutely. Uh, another passage that came to mind when I was preparing for this is 1 Corinthians 1. 18 through 21, that Paul said, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. And he talked about to the Jews it was a stumbling block, and to the Greeks it was foolishness. So in their minds, you remember the Jews, uh, oh, we have this messianic king is going to be this great military leader. So to them it was a stumbling block that, wait a minute, it's this, this lowly king that's coming. To the Greeks, enamored with philosophy and everything, it was foolishness to them. You know, that, that God would take on flesh and do what he did. So we we can get caught up with that too in our own minds and create, I guess, lose lose the truth. And, and we just lean on our own understanding. So this passage reminds us, don't do that. Because if we're going to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, that means every bit of it. We can't just put a little bit of our understanding and say, here, God, I know what you said, but let me put mine side by side. That's not the way it works. It's... Complete dependence. Okay, Lord, this is what you've said. This is what you've revealed through your word. I'm going to trust that with everything I've got and move forward. That's right. And not try to figure out a better way uh, because God knows best. He knows exactly the best for us. I think when Paul said that work out your own salvation, fear, and trembling, that a part of that is looking at your life, and as he does in other passages, is to, you know, consider your life every day. Yeah. Uh, where does it stand? So when you're working it out, what you're doing is you're, you're looking at your life in comparison to what the Word of God has revealed. Sure. And it's not just your life, it's everything that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, every part of your life, there's nothing excluded. Right, that's right. Uh, there's not one thing excluded from your life that the Lord doesn't have a sway over. Absolutely. Or should have. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, if you've got a part of your life that you're trying to hold back from Him, you have an issue. Yeah. A real serious issue with God, yeah, because sure. that's not what He wants. No, He wants all of you. <laughs> he wants you to see Him in everything, which brings you to the next point. <laughs> yes, sir. It, it sure does. And that's that's the beauty of, of walking through a text like this. Is everything just it, there's this beautiful flow that only comes by inspiration through the Scriptures. That's right. It's trusting the Lord with all of your heart. To do that, 
You cannot lean on your own understanding. And so what is the conclusion? In all your ways, notice the word all again, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I want to think about this word acknowledge and maybe think about the definition of that word and then how it applies to us. Well, it brings us to the third point, to trust God exclusively. Right. Um, we're not merely to acknowledge God's lordship over our lives and our minds. Do we have to do it in our minds? Yes. yes. We must absolutely recognize God and acknowledge his lordship over our lives in our minds. We're also instructed to bring God's truth to bear on every aspect of our lives. Yeah. We have to trust him how to run our families, uh, how we choose our education, how we choose our careers, how we choose financial issues and how to deal with those, how we choose our friendships. Yeah. He's Lord of all. A fellow by the name of Abraham Kuyper said, in the total expanse of human life, there is not a single square inch of which the Christ, who alone is sovereign, does not declare that is mine. We don't have a single square inch that we can say, oh, that's mine, that's not, that doesn't belong to the Lord. Right. That's wrong. Yeah, that's right. Everything we have belongs to the Lord. and every, We should recognize that not just in our minds, but in the way that we live. That's right. So that when we make these decisions, whether it's family or friends or social or whatever, that we always have the Lord involved in that. Absolutely. Because we trust him to do what is right. Uh, that wise person is one who is characterized by a continuous contemplation of God and a ready observance of his will. We can't get away from that. Not just in great issues but most certainly in day-to-day -day issues Absolutely. of life. Uh, no matter is too small for God's intention. Mm. Um, another commentator, to paraphrase him, said, it's self-idolatry to think we can carry on even the most ordinary matters without God's counsel. Wow. Uh, nothing. We've got to acknowledge God in all his ways, and in all the various activities and pursuits of life, in every aspect of life. And to acknowledge God is to consult his will, to seek his direction, and to recognize his sovereignty and providential care and love for each and every one of us every day that we live. That's it. Uh, when we don't uh, do that, or rather when we do that, the Lord will direct our paths. That's right. And the idea is that he'll remove the obstacles which impede us. Exactly. So as a consequence, as James E. Smith said in his commentary, the believer's walk will be virtuous, happy, and prosperous. Yeah. Got to acknowledge God. Got to. And that, that's more than just saying, I believe in God. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. The devils believe and tremble. <laughs> that's right. The devils will be willing to say, I believe in God, if it's mm -hmm. going to give them advantage. Yep. Does that mean anything? What well, the whole thing it means for us is that we can also say, I believe in God, and never take advantage of the trust that we should have in God. That's right. And so, the, like you said, there's a difference between just having an awareness 
and then actually seeking him. And that's this idea of acknowledge. I found a, a threefold definition, kind of piecing some different uh, dictionaries together. One is to accept or admit the existence of something. A second one is to express gratitude. Think about acknowledging someone at work or something like that. The third one is to take notice of. So I guess combining those, I came up with this, is, is to have an awareness of God's presence, God's power, and God's providence in our lives. And I think that kind of echoes what, what you were just talking about as well. Right. Uh, it's more than just that, that mental you know, that thought that comes up. Yeah, I'm, I'm acknowledging that you know God's in heaven, He's in control, but do we really acknowledge that? Do we really take hold of that and let that shape the way we live? That's the question. Is it coming from the heart as well as the mind? Yeah, there you go. Goes, yeah, goes back to what we opened up with. That's right. And that has to do with trusting the Lord with all your heart. If you're going to do that, then in all your ways, you're going to acknowledge Him. So I, 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 I love the way that this, this passage unfolds. And I think that's been our goal is to, to share what it all it all comes back to trusting in the Lord. This is what it looks like. And this is what it means. And and you you already mentioned this and we this is where we're going now as we come to this final phrase in all your ways acknowledge him. And I'd like to throw a, an if then statement. The Bible has a lot of those if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, if you lean on his understanding, and if in all your ways you acknowledge him, then here's the result. Here's what'll happen. He shall direct your paths. I want to ask this question. I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of confusion in the religious world about how God directs us or how we're directed. Uh, you hear statements like, well, I was led to tell you this, or I don't know, maybe you've heard different language than that. I was moved to, to come and see you today, you know. But speaking as the Scripture speaks, what we want to do, how are we directed by God today? God obviously blesses those who trust him. Um, he says he will make your path straight. Yeah. Now, the person that trusts God entirely, exclusively, and extensively, they will have success in their lives, in their spiritual lives. And I believe that God will bless them in other ways as well. Right. And as he did Job, and as he did Abraham, and as he has done people throughout biblical history. Mm -hmm. uh, when the believer does what God uh, God has said here to trust him. The Lord will make straight his path. He will remove the obstacles and the believer's walk, again, will be prosperous. And I'm not talking about material prosperity. Right. Don't misunderstand. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. <laughs> yes, sir. No, I don't believe that's what the Lord is talking about. Mm -hmm. Throughout this whole passage, he's talking about our hearts. It's got to come from the heart. That's right. Uh, and it, if it comes from the heart and it's in the mind, you, you've got with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, you got to get your, your soul involved in it too. Yeah. Think about Good that. Point. Somebody says, well, I, I, I gave my body to the Lord and I gave my mind to the Lord and I gave my heart to the Lord. Did you give your soul to the Lord? Mm. Do, you, do you give all your strength to the Lord? Well, all my strength? <laughs> all my soul? Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> all, of, all of each one of those. Okay. Uh, now, how does the Lord direct us? I think he directs us through his word. Absolutely. You cannot get away from the fact the only way you're going to know what it is to trust God is to go back to the word of God. That's right. In right. every instant, the, the Psalms are cl a classic on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, look at David's life just alone. 
And his life was constantly about trusting God. There were times when he was in fear of his life mm -hmm. with Saul, with Absalom. Yeah. There were times when he was hiding. And yet through it all, he would say in a various Psalms, I still trust the Lord to deliver me. That's right. Time and time again. And we could go back to those examples again and go over them again and again and again. But people trusted God. It holds true today. Yes, it hasn't changed. Right. Uh, and the, the way that we're going to know that is, how do we know about David? How do we know about Paul? How do we know about Abraham? How do we know about Noah? How do we know the Word of God? That's right. It's been revealed. We're not going to find it anywhere else. No. That's right. Uh, we've got to go to the, now to direct him and direct all of our paths. Uh, God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. That's right. There's nothing excluded. If there's something that God wants us to do and that God has told us to do, we know where to find it. That's it's right. not in the commentaries. Nothing wrong with commentaries. I use them all the time yeah, right. because they stimulate my thoughts. That's right. Mm -hmm. But my decision should not be based upon a man's comments. Amen. They should be based upon what the Word of God says. That's right. I always go back to the Word. Mm -hmm. I always go back to the original source. Uh, and the original source is not a commentary. <laughs> the original right. source is the Word of God. A commentary simply comments on what God has said. Yeah, that's right. So we need to go back to the Word. Mm -hmm. uh, right. I can't emphasize enough the importance of a daily reading of the Bible. Yes, sir. That's going to build your trust in God. Absolutely. If you will read it and meditate upon it and pray about it, yes, it is going to be beneficial in your life. Mm -hmm. it, no doubt. I don't see how it cannot be beneficial. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's right. Read it daily. Meditate on it daily. Pray about it daily. It's a daily application of going to the Word. What does Hebrews say? Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetance. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Sure. In the storms of life, that sums up everything that we should know and believe and trust. Right. is that God will never leave, God will never forsake, and we can say, now whatever my circumstances are, whatever my storm is, the Lord is my helper. Yeah. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's right. Well, and you, and you bring out the importance of, of daily Bible study and meditation. Reminds us of the blessed man in Psalm 1. That's right. Kind of the introduction to the book of Absolutely. Psalms. That's what he did. Uh, day and night, and he was planted by the rivers of water. He was able to be fruitful, and that's that's what we have when we go to the Word. Uh, think about Paul, Ephesians 3, 4. When you read, you may understand. Ephesians 5, 17, don't be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. So we can know what the will of the Lord is, but not apart from what he's revealed in this Word, and that's where we've got to go. Uh, you mentioned Romans ten seventeen earlier. Faith comes by hearing, but hearing what? <laughs> hearing the Word. That's right. And we've got to spend time in the Word of God if we're going to know how we're going to walk, how we're going to live. Psalm 119, 105. The Word's a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. What's that mean? It, well, it gives us direction. The Holy Spirit guided the apostles into all truth. John 16, 13. Holy men of God spoke 
as they were moved or borne along by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1, 19-21. And so we have direction, but not in some kind of miraculous way or mystical way, but through the message, That's right. the Word of God. So we spend time on it, we spend time in it, and we think about it, and we allow it to help mold our lives, and that's how the Lord directs our paths. That's how we know where to go, where to walk, how to walk. We've got to spend time in the Word of God, and it all boils down to that trust. Hearing what God says, believing what He says, and acting on what God says is biblical trust, biblical faith, and that's what God desires from us. And so I, I've really enjoyed breaking down this this passage. Uh, there's a lot here. <laughs> That's what's so rich about the Bible is you could spend time on this and then go two or three verses prior and do the same thing with those. Uh, but definitely enjoyed spending the time breaking this down. Hopefully for our for our listeners, this has been beneficial for them. But now what I'd like to do is we come to the final point, the final section. I've been doing this all season. I think I'm going to keep it going is we want to give our audience one tip or one practical takeaway, something that they can take from this episode and apply it to their lives and take with them as they strive to weather the storm. So what would your one takeaway be? Just one? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, you can apply this to so many different things in life. I mean, we should be thankful. Bad times and good times. Uh, Always be thankful. Always rejoice. Um... Yeah. Always worship God. Uh, times of adversity, especially. Yeah. Don't don't quit worshiping God. Continue worshiping God. That's right. uh, keep that. Uh, we should be able to humble ourselves under God's hand, as, as Peter says. Uh, you you simply can't trust God in isolation from any area of your life. Yeah, that's right. You, you, you can't just say, well, I trust God, but then you exclude him from some parts of your life. Yeah. That's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you must lay a solid foundation on, of a personal relationship with God. Yeah. And that's built daily. And only as you know him intimately. It's not a superficial knowledge of God. Right. It's an intimate knowledge of God and you seek to obey him completely, yes. then you can establish a trust, a trusting relationship with God that will sustain you through difficult times. I remember several years ago, I had a very close friend, considered to be a mentor and one that uh, I respected highly and looked up to, and and uh, he fell away. Hmm. And uh, he left the faith. And it hurt. Yeah. And someone says, "We're well, I'm concerned about you, talking about me, mm-hmm. and uh, how this has affected you. And I said, no, I said, you shouldn't be concerned about me. I said, I'm concerned about his soul. Yeah. I not only continue to pray for him, I still contact him and try to call him back to the faith. Right. I said, and besides that, my faith is not in him. My faith is in God. That's right. My trust is not in him. My trust is in God. And that sustains me through the pain and the difficulties of that very, it's not the same adversity that everybody, everybody faces different types of adversities. We have different kinds. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. But there's one thing that's constant in all of our lives. 
We can trust God. Someone says this idea of the question, can you trust God? There's two meanings to that. Can you trust God? The second one is, can you mm. trust God? Mm. Can you trust God? Well, yes, you can. Absolutely. That's what we've talked about today. Right. The second part of it, can you trust God, is what you do mm-hmm. with what God has taught. That's right. And how you take that into your heart and how you live it. If you live it with all your heart, yeah. <laughs> you can trust God. Absolutely. And that's a wonderful takeaway. And uh, that's really summarizes what we've talked about all day, like you just mentioned. That's We can, yes, and, and we have the means by which uh, we can have full confidence because we know God is impossible for him to lie. We know he's revealed absolute truth. The question is, are we going to make the choice for ourselves uh, to make sure we put our trust in him? So that's a great, great takeaway. Here's the one I'd like to leave with our audience, and not just for this episode, but for the entire season, kind of a a culminating thought as we wrap up season two, is as the storms of life come your way, and make no mistake, life is filled with storms. No one's immune from them, not even the godly, 2 Timothy 3.12. Even those who strive to live godly will suffer persecution. We're going to suffer from, from different storms. But as the storms of life come your way, keep your trust and the master of the sea. And what I mean by that is that picture of Jesus coming and calming the storm, he's still able to do that. No, he won't be on a, a physical lake. We're not going to be, uh, he's not going to be physically in the boat with us, but is he in your life to the point where when you face those storms, you know where to go. You know who to trust, and you know that he'll be able to deliver you. And so even when those storms come, make sure you keep your trust in the one who can calm that storm for you, the one who can guide you through and to make you come out on the other side. And ultimately, it'll be worth it when we're in heaven forever. So, Brother Jack, I appreciate you being on with me today. This has been a joy to do it. Hopefully, we can do it again in the future. Uh, I want to get more and more individuals involved with this, and hopefully the Lord will bless this and we can spread this uh, to many, many people. To our listeners, we thank you so much uh, for your prayers, for your constant encouragement and support. Thank you so much for listening in to season one and season two of Weathering the Storm. And again, Lord willing, in in January of 2021, uh, we'll be joining the Scattered Abroad Network, hoping to reach more souls with the gospel of Christ. But we hope and pray that this episode has helped you in some way to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you.